0: About you, but uh, I'm always intrigued by the uh, songs that we sing. When Brother Randy uh, had us sing, well, Your Anchor Hold, or Our Anchor Will Hold, it's an amazing thought to me. A lot of these songs were back in the 1800s or early 1900s when they were written. There's a couple of songs also, uh, It Is Well With My Soul. I don't know how many of y'all know about the history behind that song, but it, it talks about someone who um, lost everything in service of the Lord except for his wife and lost his four beautiful daughters, lost his son you know, with disease and yet he wrote the be- beautiful song It Is Well With My Soul on 646 is another song Let The Lower Lights Be Burning and if you notice at the bottom it was written by uh, Brother P.P. Bliss uh, who's now gone home to be with the Lord, he wrote this uh, probably around 1850 uh, he had uh, also served uh, as a tremendous counselor and preacher to D.L. Moody. But uh, this was based on a true event. It was based upon uh, a, a, a crash that occurred on the shores of uh, one of the lake, Great Lakes here in America. And uh, it was the job of the lighthouse keeper not only to light the lighthouse lamp, but to also to light down the coastal uh, lights that were there. Because a lot of times the fog would come just down low enough so that the, the beam of the lighthouse could not be seen. But the lower lights, which were along the shorelines, were designed to help navigate the ships into the harbor. And so reality is, is that the lighthouse keeper decided that he wasn't because there's no ship scheduled in he wasn't going to light the lower lights and that night a ship came in and wrecked upon the shore and if you ever read the story you will get a, a close glimpse of what we're talking about and the same thing holds true with uh, whenever we take a look at top Lady or anybody else that writes music from that from that era there was always a history uh, that would allow us to understand the things that were there uh, that would kind of lead us into why we sing the praises of God. Let's take our Bibles. So let's turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 42. It also leads me to understand this, is that sometimes we think that the insignificance of what we do is not going to matter. And you say, well, it doesn't matter if, uh, I attend the church or, or services on a regular basis. It doesn't matter if I'm here or if I'm there. I'll tell you what, this past week gave us the opportunity uh, to see for ourselves a difference in mindset. We went down uh, to be with Sister Barb and to wish her a happy birthday, and I think she enjoyed it. Well, as we began to sing certain songs, even though we were in this little uh, room and the doors were shut, Behind the, the, uh, the glass walls came people that wanted to listen to our music. And so uh, we were in rare form. We just had beautiful melodies coming out of our, our mouths and, and people were there. And then they seemed to be so disappointed when the music stopped. Whether we are few in number or mighty in number, we should never take it for granted that we have the opportunity to sing praises to our God. This morning, I want us to take a look at Isaiah chapter 42. We're going to read the first 10 verses this morning. And I I really thought about this message, and it was while I was preparing the eschatology message for this morning, that I began to think about this particular thought, God's glory, God's tremendous glory. And whenever we take a look at God's glory there should be an understanding of who He is. Many, many times especially in the world which we live in today we want to bring God out of heaven and we want to make Him just like we are. Movies like Uh, oh God, years ago, or uh, Bruce Almighty, or things of this nature, want to bring God down to our level so that we can understand him. And yet the reality is, I can't understand the magnificence of God, I can't understand his patience, his grace, except to tell you that it is bestowed upon me. One thing I have noticed, I am not a God. I love what Um, the writer, John Newton, who uh, wrote Amazing Grace. In his later days, he said, my mind is failing me, but one thing I know, I am a great sinner, and he is a great God. And because of that one procedure, he understood that he is what he is by the grace of God. But more people don't understand that. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1. Behold my servant, whom I blessings, and I pray that, Father, that you will give not only a good recall of study, but take the full liberties of this message today, so that everyone that hears it might understand the promises and the good that only you can bring forth. Lord, I know this, is that I am but a man, and there is nothing special about me. I know that except that you have called me, and you give me the grace to preach and to proclaim thy truth. Lord, burn in us a spirit that will desire the flames of glory. But help us also to remember that all that we accomplish are not in ourselves, but that which you do by us, in us, and through us. And may we return all the glory that is given, not only to us, but also to be used of us. Help us, dear Father, to understand that which you have given, and guide and bless now. In Christ we pray. Amen. I want to ask you a question about how do you see things. Now, I want you to understand this, is that, uh, you know, Greg brought a wonderful message a couple of weeks ago, and, and he pointed out that there are people in this world that, you know, they think that they're hot stuff. I mean, I think about this, is that most of us have heard the term GOAT nowadays. Greatest of all time is what it stands for. I am the GOAT. When we think of football, we think of Tom Brady as being one of the great quarterbacks. You know, when I think of the great receivers, I think of Jerry Rice. You know, for those of you that don't follow football, those are football players. Uh, when you think about someone like, uh, when, you, when you think about Michael Jordan, everyone talks about the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. No, there's others who have more outstanding victories and things of this nature, and they were literally one stepping stone upon the other to get to where we're at today in the NBA bunch of crybabies. But anyway, we'll leave that alone. What I tell people is this, is that the greatest of all time doesn't mean that you're great at all things. You're great in a particular area. And one of the things that I look at is my own particular failures and my own abilities. And and I had to be taken down a notch. Many, many years ago, uh, I had the, the kind of job that most people just dream about. I was in a product called flight simulation. And I became a very powerful individual in that community because I enjoyed working with visual systems. And quite literally, I could make almost any visual system work. Uh, whether it was old or it was brand new, I learned the ins and outs of those visual systems. And the fact of the matter is there was something called that was a vital too. It. it had no images whatsoever, just lights and everyone was having trouble getting to work. So they called me up, they had me go work on it, and lo and behold, I got it to working. And everybody was singing their praises. Let me tell you something, they can get to your head. I have rubbed elbows with Wally Sherrall. You don't know who Wally Sherrall is? He was an astronaut. I have rubbed elbows with that man. I have met a vice president that later on became president of the United States. His name was George Bush. And literally, he was just a down-to-earth kind of individual. i got to rub elbows with that man. People say, well, why don't you make more mention of it today? Because the fact is, he wasn't president at that time. I have met individuals that are quite literally important individuals in our society. But God had to take that out of me if I was going to be the preacher that he wanted me to be. Now, I want you to get this. For me to declare the word of God, I had to become humble in the sight of the Lord. And so the more I read this Bible, the more I realize I'm nothing. If I had the opportunity to put up on this stage individuals like Noah, maybe Moses or others of the Old Testament, maybe some New Testament figures like the Apostle Paul or the Apostle Peter, and say, what do you think about everything? I mean, after all, do you realize that speculate, but he built an ark. To God's specifications, he built this ark. And yet, if you were to talk to Noah, he would say, I didn't do anything great. I followed God. I did exactly what he wanted me to do. If I go to... But
1: think about this. He did something marvelous in that you delivered the children of Israel.
0: most likely he spoke five languages. I struggle with English. But imagine that here's a man that understood the languages. He was a doctor of law, Jewish law, and he understood things that most of us would never even comprehend. And yet he humbled himself to be a tent maker. He humbled himself after God got a In fact, even Paul said, there was a thorn in the flesh given to me to keep me humble. Then we can go to the, to the Apostle Peter. Do you realize that Peter struggled with himself to accept the fact that the preaching of the Word of God into their own lives? And yet, Peter said, I see that God is not respect of persons. How? He led a man, a Roman centurion, and a man of his own house that had felt the call of God to reach out to Peter and to bring the message and there was rejoicing in his house. But do you realize we live in a time where people want to share in God's glory? Think about it. We have people like Nebuchadnezzar and, I, I, and this was where I began to really see the applications was with Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, I thought about history, and as you all know, I, I do love history. And, and one of those is that we could go to George Washington, which a lot of people now are trying to try to figure out who this man was. And when you, when you talk about the turning point of the war was where he went to the Huns or the Hussians and he was able on Christmas Eve to defeat them in a a quick attack and take literally everything they had to survive the winter with his small group of men. I could also go to the Civil War. And, and look at me like Stonewall Jackson or take a look at Robert E. Lee, and they would have great revival services. And if there was ever a struggle in our nation to accept the things of God the way it would have to be the Civil War.
1: And yet every one of the
0: individuals understood the liberty they must have within themselves nothing. The reality is is that we don't understand that God is a God that does not share in his glory. I want you to now take your Bibles let's go over to the book of, of Daniel, which I told everybody this morning, I said I want you to hold your place in Daniel. And I want you to, if you will, share with me a couple things. Let's go to Daniel chapter 4. I really want to go through Daniel chapter 3, but let's go to Daniel chapter 4. And this is the point where Nebuchadnezzar is now allowed to see for himself that he is nothing. And yet, God is everything. Now, I want you to look at this. Nebuchadnezzar, the king unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell. I think that would be a great line to put in any book. I thought it could Shazar, according to the name of my God, and in whom the Spirit of the Holy God. magicians, because I. roots in the earth even the band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field and let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth let his heart be changed from a man's and let a beast's heart be given unto him and seven times pass over him this manner this matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand of the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom did you notice the word high is in capital letters or it starts with at least a capital in the kingdom of men and giveth it whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the beast the the, the basis of men this dream i king nebuchadnezzar have seen now thou o belshazzar Declare the interpretation thereof for as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation. But thou art able, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. Now isn't it interesting? Everything that he said is gods. Little g, little g, little g. But he acknowledged that one god was in the power. You see, Nebuchadnezzar understood one thing. And that was that he was like a god. I mean, after all, we had a chicken one time that whenever it would crawl, it would go, look what I, look what I, and it she'd lay out the biggest eggs. And the reality is is that when I would hear that chicken crawl out, I just wanted to go strangle that chicken, you know. Now I don't care how big the eggs were, she would just keep on cackling until she laid another egg. But the reality is, is that It's not by what you do, but what God allows you to do. And yet many times we kind of like to puff out our chest and say, yeah, look what I did. Look what I've done. Do you realize that everything you are, everything you have, is by the grace of God? The Bible tells us Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. When the decree had already been come down to destroy all is going to destroy the earth. And reality is is that many times we think that we are something when we're not. Do you realize
1: said in Jeremiah, which we read earlier
0: today, from 29 verse 1 through 11, it says I know my plans for you, but in the meantime, make your is that that's where I grew up. And yet do you realize that God took that little country boy and I have traveled the world. I've lived in England. I've lived in Germany. I've visited Wales. I've been in Switzerland or been been in Sweden. I've been in in Austria. I've been in uh, Italy. I've been in all over the places. I had orders to go to Egypt and other places. I was supposed to go to Crete. But God said no. I have visited more of the United States. I've preached in many pulpits. But I am nothing. God saw fit to favor me in those places. And do you realize everything we are, everything we are, is because of God's great grace. If I have anything, it's because God has given it to me. God has given me wisdom. Do I deserve the wisdom that I have? No. Could he take it away from me? Indubitably. I have a red pickup truck. You know how many people lust after my truck? Because it's red. But I tell them, I said, you know, if you get the truck, you get the payments, go with it. But I look at that vehicle as something that God has allowed me to have, not because it's something special. More than anything, we are nothing, but we elevate ourselves to be something. i want to show you the rest of the story. When we go back in, we see that Daniel explains to him all the things that this interpretation means. You're lifted up, Nebuchadnezzar, and God's getting ready to bring you down. And if God's going to bring you down, you're going to realize he doesn't share his glory with anyone. Not you, Cain, you think that you can come to God. See that God had to bring Nebuchadnezzar down, and all. And at the end of, I'm going to tell you, you're going to, you're not going to like this interpretation, old king. God's glory is not shared by anybody. And God, you are just a vessel in the hand of God. You're just a vessel. And do you realize that immediately Nebuchadnezzar paid attention to what Daniel had to say and he turned around and he goes, okay, I better I better walk this straight and narrow. How long do you think we can walk this straight and narrow before it gets us? And at the end of 12 months, He walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. He's walking around, taking a look at the golden gates, looking at the hanging gardens. He's looking at everything that is there. And the king spake and said, Is this not great Babylon that I
1: something that's special is when we see revival
0: and we see great power. I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. And While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O oh, King Nebuchadnezzar. To thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. He went from being the king to an animal. There's a particular disease that they said that that they now claim that people can actually have this disease. I didn't write it down, so forgive me about it. But the reality is, is that suddenly he just And he had to get down on all fours. In other words, to be an animal. Can you imagine that he went outside and they had to chase him out so that he could eat the bread? And to imagine, but it's still with us today. And as Nebuchadnezzar was there, time passed over. Can you imagine someone going down and they said, What kind of beast is that, Dad? That's not a beast. That's a king. That's Nebuchadnezzar. That's the king? Well he was. But he is he suddenly woke up and he was a beast, and the people drave him out. And then and this the thing is. And verse 34 says, And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes into heaven, and my understanding returned unto me. That is what I wish every man could hear. I have so many people that... And I'm thankful for those people that care about me, that want to hear the message that I have to deliver... But the greatest thing of all is to realize that if one person is saved from the preaching of the word that I have, it's not because of me. It's because the Holy Spirit took the message and made them understand that they were lost. I want them to know the power of the word of God. And it was then that... I look at Nebuchadnezzar and I can almost see him rolling over on his back. And he looks up to the heaven and he goes again. And I blessed the Most High. Not the God! i high. You are God. I'm not. You want to make me an animal? You can. You want to take away my pride? You can. You want to give me something that I don't deserve? You can. And I praised and honored him that liveth forever and ever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. of the earth reputed as nothing and he doth according to his will in the army of heaven. Do you realize Nebuchadnezzar at this moment said, I'm nothing. I wrote down in my notes here the the great testimony of Jesus Christ. When you had Caiaphas and Annas and others saying I adjure you under their clothes and they said what further need do we have of testimony He's, he has literally created perjury upon himself yet it was stated that when they brought him before Pilate Pilate knew that it was for envy that he was brought to them to the apostles after the ear of Malchus had been cut off he said put away thy sword don't you realize I could call 12,000 legions or 12 legions of angels and they would deliver me but I have to die. Jesus never once elevated himself. He said, I come to do the will of the Father and his glory lasts even to this day. Aren't we glad that we're saved? Uh, whenever I make mention of you know, different songs or different th- statements like the 12,000, my mind races to the beautiful music that I heard as a child. My heart does me great joy when I hear the blessed songs, the great hymns, because they understood the power of Christ. But I also understand this, that Jesus went to the cross alone. And I have one more story that I'll tell you here before we conclude. But let me finish up with Nebuchadnezzar. And none can say, stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? And at the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom and mine honor and my brightness returned unto me and my counselors and my lord sought unto me and I was established in the kingdom and excellent majesty was added unto me now I Nebuchadnezzar praise and extol and honor the king of heaven man that's great words here's this gentile man and he goes I worship the one true king of who are all whose works are truth, and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. He is able to abase. There is one, one particular passage, and I, I don't know if I wrote down the area, I think it is. It's in Matthew chapter 7. And I, I, every time I read this, I, I just want to fall in tears. Come with me, if you will. Matthew chapter 7, and let's go down to verse 21. I never understood this completely until recently, but look what it says. In Matthew 7, 21, this is Jesus talking to those that are saved, his apostles, his disciples, and he's getting ready to send them forth, but notice one of the things he states. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Man, think about this. How many radio evangelists bring heaps of glory upon themselves, either by their healing or their fake healing, by their masses that come in to hear them, and yet they never once lift up Christ. I just heard someone talk about one lady that that stands up and she presents herself almost in the place of God by her testimony. Again, they shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven, but that doth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Wait a minute. Do they know him? What scares me is I want to make sure that when I, when I tell you about the prophecies that are in this book, I'm not prophesying on my own. I struggle with but it's for my good and yours as well. And in thy name have cast out devils. Now, yeah, there are evil people in this world that they still have influences over devils. And in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Even though they seemingly are doing everything for God, they're not. Let's see evidence. My greatest <laughs> evidence teach you how to walk with Him. Teach you how to be, because there's one other passage I want you to see. This. Let's go to Psalms chapter two. Psalms chapter two, and I want you to see this. This is probably the hardest part of all. Go down to verse four of Psalms chapter two. I know we've read through this many times, but let's do it again. He that sitteth in heaven shall laugh. to laugh at them. The Lord shall... shall he speak unto them in the wrath and vex them in sore displeasure yet have I set my king upon the holy hill of Zion I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me thou art my son man look at this has God ever said to any one of us thou art my son oh I wish that I had the right words to say to evolutionist. there is one that is greater If you ever want to see something that will just scare you to death, go take a look at when Ken Ham escorted Bill Nye the science guy around the ark. Bill Nye is walking like this. And Ken Ham is saying, you see there's plenty of room. There's room at the cross for you there's room right here. Look at this. This would have been plenty. And yet Bill i is walking around like, I don't need your God. Whether he likes it or not, he will stand before thrice holy God and until he comes to know Christ as a Savior, either in this life or after, God will laugh at him in derision. You think I don't exist what about now bill <laughs> you think... one person you know many times people say you just scared the hell out of me I wish I could if I could scare them to the cross of Calvary I would but I can't Only the grace of God must be bestowed and the Holy Spirit must open their eyes to the truth. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. I want to be humble in the sight of God. I know we go through a lot. Brother Randy and his kidney stones. Small thing, Randy. Doesn't feel like a small thing, does it? Dennis being sick today. Brother Hill, Hilly, all the way down in Florida. You know, losing an arm, losing part of his muscles, but praising God for another extension of life. And I can go on and on and on. But the day is going to come and I look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when we shall stand before him in holiness and righteousness and we shall sing his praises. Praise him, praise him. Jesus our blessed redeemer for and died. We shall sing the praises of Christ. Never the praises of man. And maybe Nebuchadnezzar will be there. Do you know who I am? Oh, who are you? I'm Nebuchadnezzar. Come here. Come here, brother. And who are you? I'm Daniel. Oh, Daniel, come with me. And who are you? I'm John. And who are you? I'm Peter. And who are you? I'm Noah. Who are you? I'm Moses. And then there will be people like us who are small and somewhat insignificant, but I wonder who was that small person that led Charles Spurgeon to salvation. You know, he was saved in a Methodist church, but they still don't know the name of the pastor that led him to Christ. There's D.L. Moody. What was the name of the preacher or the Sunday school teacher or the person that led him to Christ? And there was a man. He led a a, a ladies' class, a girls' class. And he would go home and cry and weep because they didn't know Christ. And when Christ was introduced to them, that they were saved. I remember my, my, my conviction on that. A little girl by the name of Ann. And I told her about giving her testimony and the moment that Anne come to tell others of Christ, there was like a floodgates of heaven were open and 13 young people were saved. I want that again. God's not done yet. So let me ask you today, is God true? He doesn't share his glory with anyone. May we understand that completely. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Now go with us as we dismiss from this service, and guide and bless in all things. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. Brother Randy, June. 16th.